Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Again, or hello for the first time, and welcome to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unseated Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. I'm your host, Michael McCall, and for those of you listening on the podcast, this is episode 175 of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. I'm back from my travels in Wales, following the Whitecaps on their pre-season tour there. And kind of because of Snowmageddon Part 4, Part 3, I don't know, I've kind of lost track with what it is now. This first episode of our show on the radio is not going to be how we hoped it was going to be. Let me explain. For regular listeners, you're going to know that we, we do a number of different shows. Some of them's just me, some of them's with my co-host Steve Pander. We have roundtable discussions, lots of stuff like that. For the radio show, we decided to go with three regular co-hosts. Myself, Steve and Zachary Meisenheimer. Now, unfortunately, the snow has hit us kind of hard for, the, for this first episode of the show on CITR. And Steve and Zach's not been able to, to make it through to to get this done, so you're stuck with me this week. So what we're going to do is bring you a, a more interview-heavy show. Now for first-time listeners, just to explain what, what we kind of do, the FTN Soccer Show, we mainly cover Vancouver Whitecaps, but there's also a lot of chat about Major League Soccer, the local soccer scene, the university soccer, so we'll cover UBC, SFU, Vancouver Metro Soccer League... But primarily we cover Vancouver Whitecaps at all levels, MLS, USL, Academy, you name it. We bring you the interviews, we bring you the hot scoops, we bring you the chat, we bring you the discussion. Now what the shows will normally be will be the three of us chatting about the main talking points in Whitecaps land for that week. We'll mix in a a number of interviews that we've done with players and coaching staff as well during the week and some fun segments that that we'll kind of be introducing over the following weeks as well. But for today's show, we're just going to bring you some interviews. And we've got some good stuff ahead. We've got a rare interview with Alfonso Davies, the 16-year-old phenom of the Whitecaps that is lighting it up and has attracted attention from a number of top clubs around the world. We're also going to speak to Costa Rican midfielder Christian Bolanius. And we're going to hear from Carl Robinson just talking about the striking situation at the club. And why it seems to have proved so difficult for the Whitecaps to find a 
say, 15 to 20 goal a season striker. So a lot of chat ahead. Let's kick things off now by speaking to Alfonso Davies. Now, after Alfonso's breakout year in 2016, uh, a lot is expected of him this year. And it's hard not to get the hype train going. The Whitecaps are trying very hard, keeping him away from media. We've got a chance to do a rare interview with him. We've been lucky enough to speak to Alfonso a number of times over the last year. We first spoke to him last February when he was down in Arizona with the Whitecaps in pre-season camp. And I used part of this interview in an article I did on MLS Soccer during the week, so if you haven't read that, check that out. But here's the, the full and edited version of it. What we talk about the, the first season that he had uh, as a pro with the Whitecaps is meteoric and whirlwind rise to fame and hopefully fortune in, in years to come. But the key thing which everyone wants to know is where is he going to fit into the team this year? Is he going to play alongside Kakutamani in one of the most electrifying or potentially one of the most electrifying wing partnerships in all of MLS and what does he feel he needs to do to take his game now to the next level and to continue to develop and also how does he keep his feet in the ground with with all the attention that he's getting I shall hear quite easily he's a great young guy and it's always fun talking to him very humble so let's bring you the chat we had with him now at Dragon Park in Newport in Wales so here's Alfonso Davies. So, Alfonso, I, I first spoke to you a year ago. You were just in the pre-season camp. It's been a whirlwind year for you. When you look back to where you were 12 months ago, can you quite believe everything that's happened to you? Now, everything that's happened to me is a wonderful experience for me. Um, coming through the residency, coming through USL, now on the pro team, it's just I'm just so grateful and I'm so happy that it's happening. With everything that's happened to you at such a young age, it would be easy for a lot of young guys to get quite big-headed, but you've always stayed humble, you've always been really respectful, and it, it shows whenever you chat to you, when you see you on the pitch, when you listen to you at training. Has it been difficult to, to kind of keep your feet in the ground? No, not really, because I have uh, great guys around me telling me, keep your head on the ground, um, keep your feet on the ground, keep your head level. Because if I start, like, for example, if I start having a big head, some of, some of all, this, all this greatness can just get taken away from me, all these opportunities. But I have great support around me telling me, great, great advice givers telling me to uh, keep my feet on the ground. How hard has it been for you to kind of juggle being a normal teenager? Which is, when we speak to Carl about you, he always wants you to, to just be a normal teenager, let you be, be a guy that's 15, 16. Going to school, doing all that kind of stuff, has it, has it been difficult to juggle that and be in a pro football environment? No, not really, because uh, the Whitecaps are great with uh, uh, athletes that are school, doing schooling. So they really help me out with that, they keep me in my lane. Um, I try not to get distracted a lot, but as a teenager, it happens. So I have great support around me, to, uh, keeping me in track in my in my schooling, in my football. From the guys that's here, is there any particular player that's maybe taking you under their arm? I, I know when when I spoke to you, well, when I spoke spoke to Pa once, it's like you were kind of you hang a lot with, around with Pa a lot. Yeah. 
has he been a good influence on you and is there any other guys that's kind of taken a kind of mentorship role with you yeah Pa has been a great manager he still is he gives me advice we joke around uh, Giles is one of them as well he took me underneath his wing he showed me right from wrong what to do what not to do giving me great advice when you look at the kind of player that you were a year ago and you were just in the camp you're the rookie in the camp how do you see your game having developed these last 12 months uh, it's developed greatly it's still developing uh, coming out here competitive training every day with great great players uh, it really helps my development as a as a young young player coming coming in and they give great advice they push me in training they don't let my level that I'm at drop so now last year when when you made your MLS debut and you you, you played in Champions League you were a bit of an unknown quantity to, to a number of people now people know about you they know a little bit about your game what do you feel your game needs to do now to kind of kick into the next level and to play regularly against adults uh, con- consistency just being consistent all the time uh, for example not having a good game and then the second game poor you know just keep the level keep the level going up and up just consistency uh, that's it and do you feel you can really make a breakthrough and be, get regular minutes with the MLS side this year uh, I think so I really do think so just gotta just gotta keep working hard I'm, I'm gonna fight for my spot uh, we all have to fight for our spot that's all we're that's what we're doing here is fighting for fighting for spots but I just want to every, every time I get an opportunity to go out there do my best play hard don't let any chance go to waste the prospect of having yourself and Kakuta on the pitch at the same time it's like electrifying especially if you maybe both on, on either wing do, do you enjoy playing with a player like Kakuta that's got similar skill to you and what do you think the two of you can do on the pitch that this year together Kikuda's an amazing player. He has great abilities to pass the ball, dribble, shoot, look for the open man. Uh, him playing on one side, me playing on the other, I really think we can we can combine and score a lot of goals this year. And playing with him is just an amazing feeling because he's such a good, great player to play with. Playing with him, he, you know he'll give you the ball. You know he'll do great things when you give him the ball. So, amazing. And it's a young team. So that helps you fit in a lot as well. When you're on the pitch, it's like you haven't looked out of place. You're playing sometimes against guys that's, that's twice your age. Do you feel you fit in and, and you belong in this environment? Like I said, I just got to keep developing. I do feel like I can compete. I can compete at this level, but it's going to take hard work. And yeah, guys playing against guys twice my age, some of them are old enough to be my father. So it's, it's, a, really, it's a really great experience for me. A very last thing, I, when I spoke to you during the USL days, we were kind of joking, when you're going to get your first goal, when you're going to get your first goal. So you got your first goal as an MLS player in the, the Champions League, the goal that really clinched the, the spot in the quarterfinals. To get that goal, I mean, was that maybe the most special highlight of the year for you? Or or what would you class as, as the best thing? What was your highlight of last last season? That goal definitely is one of the highlights of my year being able to score uh, the making my first MLS debut was another highlight that I really enjoyed a teenager coming off the bench no one knew who he was so I just wanted to go out there and play 
and I'm glad the, the gaffer gave me an opportunity to show show what I have. That's great. Thanks so much for your time, Alfonso, and good luck this season. Thank you. Thanks. Alfonso Davies there. And the Whitecaps are doing a great job kind of managing the weight of expectations that is on this young guy's shoulders. And Alfonso is holding up fantastic with it as well. It's just kind of difficult when you're getting all this attention and interest, I guess, from the big clubs as well. And in the chat there, we talked about him linking up with Kakutamani. And it is going to be interesting to see just where Alfonso fits into the team this year. In the three pre-season games so far, Alfonso has been playing on the right wing with Kakuta in the middle. When there's been a, a couple of changes, Kakuta's then gone out to the left. Again, this is something we talked about last time, but the dream scenario is Kakuta going up the left, Alfonso going up the right, talented, number 10 in the middle, setting them both up for them to run onto chances and hopefully bury them. But you're going to find that Alfonso is going to be competing for minutes on the right wing, with the likes of Christian Belanius, who we're going to hear from later in the show, Christian Teixeira, and even kind of fighting for minutes with Kakutamani on the left wing as well. So don't expect Alfonso to be starting every game. That's not going to happen. But certainly an exciting season ahead for, for the young winger, and we'll, we'll see if he can live up to what everyone is expecting from him. Now when we were talking about like mentorship at the club, and who's maybe taking him under his arm. We, we talked about Pa doing that, and that, that has been the case. But I think that's a very surprising thing that Alfonso came out with there, was he talked about Giles Barnes, and how Barnes has been a, a great mentorship, telling him what to do correctly, taking him under his wing. And that, that's something you, you maybe didn't expect from a player like Barnes, who's still quite relatively young himself. But for him to do that, he kind of raised the level in, in what I, I think of Barnes. And one thing which we did learn from our, our trip over to Wales for the pre-season trip is Giles Barnes, I think, is probably the funniest guy in the Whitecaps squad just now. Whether it's coming up with the nickname for Eric Hurtado of Muscle Hamster? Yeah, don't ask. Or just joking around, chatting to you after games. It's like, he's a, he's a great character, he's a great guy to have in the locker room. And if he can find the form that he showed in that last game of the season against Portland, and what he showed previously when he was down in Houston, then he's going to be a great addition to the club and hopefully he, he does hang around. But a lot of that, of course, is going to depend on what strikers Carl Robinson brings into the team. And we're going to talk to Robbo a little bit later about that as well. So with the podcast now moving to CITR Radio, we're wanting to kind of introduce a few new segments over the, the coming weeks. And we're going to kick one of them off today. It's something we've wanted to do for a while. We did do a one-off show kind of based on this called Wavelength. So we may as well call this segment Wavelength. What we're going to do with this is combining my two loves. Football and music. To me, football and music go hand in hand. A lot of the bands I liked were football fans. A lot of bands that I liked did football-related songs. And what Wavelength is going to be is every week we're going to bring you a football-related song by a proper band. So we're not just talking about, like, Terracing Chance or anything like that. These are bona fide bands that have recorded songs about footballers, about teams, about the game in general. Now, for new listeners and for old listeners that maybe don't know this, AFTN 
away from the numbers, is named after a song by English mod band The Jam. There's also a number of bands that brought out songs which were covering football, as, as we mentioned there. Half Man, Half Biscuit are one of the more famous ones. I Ludicrous, Series Drinking, Sultans of Ping. These were all bands that you've probably never heard of, but these were bands that had a lot of great football-related songs, and we're going to bring you a number of these over the coming weeks. So we're going to kick the segment off tonight with one of my favourite bands from the 90s, Irish band from Cork, Sultans of Ping FC. So their first album, Casual Sex and the Cineplex, featured a few kind of football-related ditties on there. And the one we're going to bring you tonight, track seven, Give Him a Ball and a Yard of Grass. And this is a homage to Nottingham Forest's legendary manager, Brian Clough. And it's based on a, a quote he had about one of his players at the time, Scottish international John Robertson. And throughout the song, there's also a number of other phrases that Cluffy used. This is Give Him a Ball and a Yard of Grass by the Sultans of Ping FC.
So give him a ball and a yard of grass there by Sultans of Ping FC from their Casual Sex in the Cineplex album. One of my favourite football related songs, hope you enjoyed it as well. We've got a number of cracking songs coming up in the coming weeks. If there's any that you've got that are your particular favourites, drop us an email, aftncanada at hotmail.com and we'll see if we can include them in the show. So I think it's time to get back to some Whitecaps talk now. There's been a few departures from the Whitecaps over the last couple of months. Two designated players being the key ones, striker Octavio Rivero. He left in the summer to go to Colo Colo in Chile. And at the end of the season, designated player and club captain Pedro Morales didn't have his contract renewed. And he headed to Chile to join up with Rivero at Colo Colo. And the pair of them seem to have got off to a great start down there. But that left two burning questions. Who was going to be the striker? Who was going to be the guy that put the ball in the back of the net? And who was going to be the creative player, the new number 10, the new designated player, the guy that was going to create these chances for the likes of Alfonso Davies, Kakuta Mane, Giles Barnes and whoever striker they bring in to tuck away. Now as of now, it doesn't look on paper that there has been a new number 10 brought in. Jordi Reyna, the Peruvian striker, is the guy that we do think is going to be playing that number 10 role this season. He's going to be playing behind the front man, and I think he is going to play that number 10. But he he is more of a secondary striker, stroke, attacking midfielder. Now another option that's been bandied about is to play Costa Rican international Christian Bolaños there. Now Bola played a couple of games there last season when Pedro was injured, and he for me he didn't set the heather alight there. I much preferred him out wide, but it could be a position that Robo looks at playing him in. And Bolaños was the best Whitecaps player last season. For me, player of the season, load of goals, load of assists, some great performances. His international play was also fantastic and he was rewarded by making the CONCACAF Team of the Year. No mean feat in general, but especially for a guy of his age. So we got a chance when we were in Wales to, to sit down with Bola. Just talk about the season past, what he's maybe reflected on. That honour from CONCACAF, Costa Rica's wonderful start in the World Cup qualifiers, and the season ahead for the Whitecaps. What does he hope to do this year? Where does he hope to be playing? How does he see the team? How close is it to, to being the team that we want? So all of this and a lot more in a very in-depth chat. So let's hear now from Bola. First thing to, to ask you, Christian, is it's been, I guess, what feels like a, a long off-season. How have you reflected the last couple of months as to, to what happened last year? Okay, I can see that we have more young players this year. To be honest, last year um, we have really good uh, individual players, but some games we don't play as a team, and I think we missed that part. Um, I think uh, when you go to holidays and you be with your family, you're thinking about what to do in this year. But I think the key is to be everybody focused to play as a team and we can get better results. Now, this, the season that's coming up, there's been a lot of like discussion as to where you might be best played in the team. Possibly the number 10, 
possibly on the wing. Do, do you have any preference? I mean, wh where would you see yourself maybe ideally fitting in best? I'm talking uh, about uh, that with, with Robo um, last year. Um, I have many years don't play num as a number 10, but I feel comfortable there too. So if the team need me there or Rob want to put me there, uh, of course I need maybe two, three, four games to 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 feel better, you know, because it's different movements when you play in the right side and the left side. So it's different position. You play behind the goal sometimes, so you have to... Uh, adapt in that position but uh, I can play there too so if I can decide I can play both. You're, you're one of the older guys on the team, one of the, the leaders on the team. It's a, such a young team. What, what kind of advice do you give to young guys like say Alfonso Davies yeah. who's just starting off in his career and then you've got other guys that's like Davey Norman Jr. that's just come into the, into the, the group enough. What kind of advice are you giving them just now? I think it's very easy. Um, they have to do what they do to come here because they are already a good players. Um, they have to enjoy, but it's a big responsibility when you go to the games because, uh, like you say, when you are young, you don't think about uh, anything, just to have fun. And, um, as me as a player right now, it's a, it's a business because it's my family... It's my job for my family, and I have to to give my 100% to the every training, every game, and that's the important key for the young players. Just to be focused every time. No, no, uh, one day or two games. Uh, you have to be all the time focused, and if not, um, you have to be positive. And you have to be a teammate. That's really important. I'm doing a piece on Alfonso as well. What have you seen from him so far as a player? Like, what, what do you think he still needs to work on to, to kind of get his game to that next level? I think they have really good quality. and he got good personality in the, in the pitch. That's really important when, when you are young. So he can go anywhere. So I think it's in his hands. And we try to, to, to do our best for him. Um, I wish he, he can play in better team in the future, so I think they have a good future, but we have to be patient with him. He's too young and they need to see playing. Uh, you, you had a great season yourself with the, the Whitecaps last year and also at, at international level and you were named to the CONCACAF Team of the Year. Uh, what did that honour mean to you? Uh, thank you. <laughs> that means uh, a lot because uh, like I said before, um, I try to, to give everything for, for my team. I'm working really hard to, to be a good player, to, to help uh, Whitecaps. Um, sometimes it's hard to, to, to compare as a team or as an individual player. Uh, when you lose, you have to be there. When you win, you have to be there. But when the, in the end of the season, when you get uh, the best 11 in CONCACAF, that means a lot for me because I really work really hard. Um, also, my national team, everything is it's really nice there. Um, I play many years there, and it's my like my family. Um, I enjoy all the time when I come uh, back to, to Costa Rica and play the qualification games. Um, it's, everything is it's really good for me there, so I am very happy for them. Costa Rica's start to the the World Cup qualifiers has been fantastic. 
it must be better than you even hoped for. I mean, the, the 4 0 win against the States, you did well as well, a couple of goals, a couple of assists. It's like, is it all that you hoped for, or would you were hoping for a lot more? Of course, I have to keep going. <laughs> like I say, uh, every player needs to improve every game. It's, 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 that, it's, it's the past for me. Um, I have a, a sweet moment, so it's, it's a very special moment because I, uh, I talking uh, with my with my friends uh, there, and this is my last uh, my last uh, year in the national team. If we go through to the World Cup, that will be perfect for me um, because I played two already. Um, that will be perfect, but. We have to, to, to still fighting, it's more than, than a half way to, to go through and we have really tough games. So, yeah, like I said, we have to improve in CONCACAF, really tough, every single game. So, last couple of things, how are you feeling just now, fitness-wise? Obviously, you didn't play the game against Cardiff, but where are your fitness levels at right now? Oh, right now, I'm, I am better position and I'm the good way. Um, I try to work in really hard. My thickness part, so uh, it's part of, of this time. Uh, we have to to running a lot. We have to to make uh, extra sessions. Uh, but I am happy with that because uh, that part is really important to be strong. And because the season is so long, so yeah. And the, the Champions League quarterfinal is coming up soon. Obviously, you don't want to look too far ahead, but having having a run to this, possibly playing a Mexican team in, in the semi, what would it mean for you at this stage of your career to, to maybe make history with the Whitecaps in this competition? That would be uh, amazing if we, we go to, to the next uh, round. Uh, I've been there before um, with my team in Costa Rica. Um, and we played the... The World Cup in Japan um, was the, one of, of the best moments in my life, and I wish for the White Cup we can go, we can go through. Uh, it's not easy, but I think we have good possibilities against uh, Red Bull, and we can see. We, we have to see what's going on. The team, if we winning, we, we get more confidence, and we have to still fighting because. Every single game is difficult. Yeah. How have you found your time in Wales so far? Have you enjoyed it? Maybe not the weather, but have you enjoyed everything else? Yeah, you know, in this time, it's hard work. So it's nothing else. You have to train in, you have to come back to the hotel, but it's a nice place. We have one day off and we go together to the Italian restaurant. We have a great time there. Um, yeah, I think it's a great, great country to to see everything, you know, the language, people, um, especially for the young guys, never being in Europe or never see, never training here. It's nice to see the, the history players, you know, in the world, like uh, Gary Bell, Ryan Gates, of kind of players, uh, means a lot for, for, for Wales. Um, I think when you as young, uh, you, you wish that someday you, you want to be like that. That's great. Thank you so much, Bola, and we'll talk to you again soon. That's great. Cheers. So Christian Bolanius there. He is going to be a guy that's going to be away at times with Costa Rica. He's going to be a guy with his age that isn't going to play every game. Some of the long travels he might get left at home like they did with Pedro in the past. 
But I think Belanius is going to be a very key player for the Whitecaps this year. If Belanius clicks, the Whitecaps are going to click. It's like when we talked about Pedro back in 2014 and 2015. When Pedro was at the top of his game, the Whitecaps were at the top of the game. And I do feel that Belanius is going to be a very key component to the Whitecaps getting back into the playoffs this coming season. Now, Bola hasn't actually played any pre-season games yet. He's still rehabbing an injury, as we talked about before. But he should see time in the games coming up down in Portland. The Whitecaps head off on Tuesday down to Portland for the Rose City Invitational. Three games that they're playing. Minnesota on the Thursday. Real Salt Lake on Sunday. And then on the Wednesday, the big one. Portland Timbers. And we do seem to own the Timbers in this tournament down there. Pre-season, let's hope it's a bit more of the same. But these three games are going to be very important because we're going to see how the Whitecaps shape up against MLS opposition. We're going to see them now against these MLS sides. A number of them well, have had friendlies themselves under the belt down in Arizona. And it's going to be a good test and we're going to see a, a good mix. For that Portland game, I think we will see whatever team Robo puts out is going to be the team that's likely to start the CONCACAF Champions League quarterfinal against New York towards the end of the month. Will Belanius be a, a feature of that? Have to hope so, but he has to get himself back up to match fitness for that. Depending on the snow, we should be heading down for at least the first couple of games down in Portland. So the number 10 role and the number 9 role were the two key positions that the Whitecaps really had to address this off-season. Also, the right-back position, but that was more than addressed with the, with the additions of Shane and Williams from Houston and Jake Norwinski in the draft. So it doesn't look like there's going to be a designated player coming in in the number 10 role, but we are still led to believe that a DP striker, number 9, will be coming in before the season starts. Will he be able to do something that no Whitecaps striker has done in the past couple of seasons, and that is set the league on fire? That's going to be the burning question. So let's address the elephant in the room. There's still no number nine DP striker brought into the Caps for the coming season. And, and everyone knows that time is running out. It's a busy week coming up for the Whitecaps. As we mentioned, they're heading down to Portland on Tuesday for the Rose City Invitational pre-season tournament. But on Monday, jam-packed day, MLS Commissioner Don Garber is in town. We're going to be meeting him at a media event at 1030 Robo and some of the Whitecaps personnel are having a breakfast meeting with him before that. The Whitecaps are also going to be back training, their first session in Vancouver for a couple of weeks. Snow dependent, I guess, at, at this moment. So they're going to be back at the pitch at UBC on Monday. Jordi Reyna has arrived in town, so he should be getting unveiled to the media then. Then Monday evening at the Vogue, from 6pm to 9pm, a sold-out event. It's going to be the new kit launch, but more importantly than that... It's a town hall meeting featuring Bobby Leonarduzzi, co-owner Jeff Mallet, co-owner Steve Nash, coach Carol Robinson and MLS Commissioner Don Garber. Now you have to think that that is going to be quite a feisty meeting. If you kind of gauge the opinion of online, which is never always a, a good thing to do because online can be very different to, to what people are like in person, but it could be a fiery meeting, there could be some really difficult questions put to that panel Garber about the state of the league and a number of other issues with that and then the ownership group about 
why the Whitecaps not being seen to be competing with a number of their other teams, especially their Cascadian and Canadian rivals, when it comes to player acquisitions. Whether we're going to get any straight answers from that, who knows. But one of the big questions is definitely going to be, why we're now into February and there's not been a DP striker added? Is there anyone in mind? Is somebody coming in? And if they do, are they actually going to make any difference? And what's going to be different with these guys than, than previous strikers? I mean, you know it's going to be asked. So we thought we'd get in there first. And I had a chat with Carl Robinson Wales after the game against Bristol City on Thursday, just before everyone headed back to snowy Canada. So I put some of those questions to him, and let's see what he had to say. Look at the striking situation then. The goals were there last year, yep. but you, you could make a case to say that the, the strikers that have come in in the last couple of years, they've maybe not hit the heights that some folk are expecting when they see some of the other guys in the league hitting 15, 20 goals. What do you put that down to? Well, obviously the personnel. We, we haven't managed to find a 15 to 20 goal striker since Camillo left. You know, Camillo in his first two seasons... I think scored five and six goals uh, and then he managed to catch fire and score 23 I believe at the time and, and win the top goal scorer uh, and then left so since that moment we've we've managed to find guys that are able to score around double figures obviously it didn't happen last year we got goals in the team by committee um, but of course we're always looking to find a, um, a centre forward that can score 25 goals but uh, there's, they're very few and far between and obviously they cost a little bit of money uh, you can get lucky we thought we had one in Octavio Rivero he came in two years ago and started off like the house on fire with seven goals six goals in seven games and we thought if he continued that form then he could probably reach the 15 target but um, for one reason or another that didn't happen um, you know the players we've got in the, t- in the team at the moment in the squad at the moment we've got obviously Eric Cotardo who I, I believe can get up to double figures. We've got Giles Barnes, who, if you look at his background and history in Houston, has, has scored 7, 9, 11, and around that area. So I think Giles can hit 10 as well. Uh, and obviously, we brought Carl Gregg in as a, as a sleeper, really, because Carl scored a lot of goals for the USL. I think his movement's excellent, and sometimes the, the sleepers surprise you. You know, I look at Bradley Wright Phillips. You know, he played in England a number of years and dropped down the divisions. Um, and when they took him, obviously it was a risk because he wasn't a superstar like Thierry Henry, who they expected to score 20 goals. And, and Bradley's managed to, because he's a, he's a good player and it's the right fit, has, has scored 20 plus goals in two seasons and turns out to be a great signing. And, um, you know, that I think every team is trying to look for one of them. Can you look at MLS? You've got players like Kenny Miller came in, yep. got a few goals, goes elsewhere, back to Rangers, gets tons. <laughs> Um, Octavio's going yeah. to Chile he's getting the goals there what is it about MLS that yeah. is different for these guys do, do you know what? It's, a, it's a great question and I have no answer because if we weren't creating chances then I would say to you well maybe we've got the wrong personnel but I know Kenny very well uh, Kenny scored I think 8 or 10 goals here uh, did very well um, he goes back to Rangers, he scores more goals in less chances. So I, I don't, you know, I can't put my finger on it. If I knew, then I would tell you, I'd be open with it, but um, I'm not sure. Is the honest yeah. answer. <laughs> so 
So Kyle Robinson there talking a little bit about how difficult it has been to find a replacement for Camilo and just the mystery, the bafflement as to how these proven strikers come into the club here and just can't cut it in MLS and then go away again and start putting the ball in the back of the net at other clubs. And Kenny Miller is a prime example of that with what he's doing at Rangers, especially at his age, very, very impressive. But one thing that does have to be said about Kenny Miller is if Kenny Miller was with this team just now, he would be, I think, on fire. The trouble that he had when he was with the Whitecaps before was his footballing brain was not matched by the personnel on the team. So we can only hope that whatever number nine does come in, that that's going to be the case. And we alluded to it in the last time round. There is a couple of players that are currently interested in Carl Robinson. It's at a delicate negotiation stage, so we don't want to say too much more on that. But for those of you that's fretting, for those of you that's freaking out, just be a little bit patient, give it a couple more weeks, and the DP striker you are looking for, hopefully, will be at the club. So anyway, that's it for our first show on CITR Radio. We hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a busy week or so for us. It's the fourth show we've brought out in about the last eight or nine days. If you missed the three podcasts that we brought you from Wales, you can find them all on the AFTN website, aftn.ca, away from the numbers. Our previous episodes of the podcast are also on iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to our feeds there. And even though we're on the radio now, nothing's going to change with our RSS feed. If you're subscribed to us on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or wherever, you're still going to get the podcast, you're still going to get the show delivered to your device of choice. I've been your host, Michael McCall. You can follow me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. It's not just podcasts that you're going to find on AFTN. You're going to find a number of interviews and features and photos and just everything you could want to do with Whitecaps and the local soccer scene. So check that out on AFTN.ca. I'm also the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com, so check my stuff out on that. So whether you're a first-time listener or a regular listener, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the show. We'll be back next Sunday with another one. Lots of news, lots of gossip. We hope to bring you some of the, the audio from the chat with Don Garber on Monday as well. And we'll see what interviews we can get for you down in Portland. So until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. And mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Yeah.